The following shear has been presented by Rav Yitzchak Silber, Dayan and author of The Code of Jewish Conduct, and has been brought to you by the Beis Havad Halacha Center. To dedicate a daf, a peyrik, or an entire mesechta, please call 1-888-485-8223 or email info at thehalachacenter.org. Baba Kama, Daf Tzadihei. I would like to speak today about Karka Eina Nigzeles, this concept of impossible to steal land, uh, impossible to steal unmovable objects. Uh, there are certain halachas not so related if you live in somebody's apartment or use his store without paying rent. There is a sugi of Zenene Vezeloi Choser earlier on in Alma Sechta. Um, you will not have to pay rent, but uh, on the other hand, you will have to, he could throw you out, he could evict you. Uh, we're not going into that right now. Uh, sometimes you do have to pay him rent, but uh, we're not going into that right now. What I would what I'd rather go into is the whole concept of impossible to steal land. Uh, where, if you do steal land, wherever you take it to, whatever, you, you cannot take it to any place. It remains here, and uh, it's wherever it is, it is still under the ownership of its original owner. Even if the Ganov sold it, and the buyer sold it, and he sold it, and he sold it, and even if it seems that the original owners are Nisiaish, they've totally given up hope of ever getting this back, at the end of the day, whenever they want, whenever the situation is fit, the land will go back to the original owner and he will not have to pay one penny to get it back from whoever he gets it back from. Uh, when he finally does get down to the job and buys, and buys it and, and takes it back from buyer number five, buyer number five will go to buyer number four and say, can I have my money back? Buyer number four will go to buyer number three and get his money back. Buyer number three will go to buyer number two and get his money back. Buyer number two will get it back from buyer number one. Buyer number one will get his money back from the Ganov. That will be the procedure. Now, it is true that here and there around Shas, there is mention of particular situations where people are misyayish from their karaka. There is such a thing as kivush milchama. You cannot expect to get back your property that was taken from you. You cannot expect to get back your property that was taken from you by the Hungarian government when all the Yidden were thrown out in the revolution or from the German government when they took all your property from there. There is such a thing as Kivush Milchama. Kivush Milchama. Uh, is, is total Yush and it's, it's just owned by the new government and that's it. Uh, there is such a thing as violent people threatening people that they'll kill them unless if they sign over their assets and they, them doing so that there, there, is poss- there are possibilities of Yush in these kinds of Matsovim. Um, but the standard, the, standard, the standard stealing land, there's no Yush. Now, I know it's very difficult nowadays to steal land because everything is uh, the land registry and all the kinyonim and all the lawyers and everyone only goes through that. However, there are cases, as we've mentioned before, of maybe your extension overflowing onto your neighbor's yard. 
there are other cases also of people just uh, putting caravans down on other people's car parks and, and just um, doing whatever they want over there. There are also um, inheritance disputes, partnership disputes, when one side has run off with some of the assets and uh, if they're karkois, they are enum nixolim, and even if they manage to sell them and they sell them and they sell them, at the end of the day they're going to come back to who they were stolen from. Um, now, because karkain and exeles, what you have over here is you have a maila nechisorin, if you want to put it that way. On one hand, it's karkain and exeles, so whoever it was, uh, stole, you stole a, a field, an orchard, and now you've been eating the produce. All these years that you've been eating the produce, you're going to have to give all that produce back because it's still the owner's, it's not yours, and you're going to, you're going to have to pay him for what you stole. Uh, on the other hand, were a natural disaster to occur, a big flood, a hurricane, a, uh, you know, a terrible a natural fire, so the thief will be able to give back the ruined, flooded field and to, will give it back to his victim who he stole it from and say, This is your field. This is what I stole. Here, please take it back. Uh, that is the din of Haresha because it was always yours. So your field got this natural disaster. Not, it's not mine. And you can just give it back like that. Um, Hefse, that, that's all well and good if it was just a natural disaster. However, if the thief went and ruined, actively ruined this field, he decided to dig himself water, boirous wells and water systems and uh, who knows what else. He went and chopped down valuable trees. He um, wrecked natural springs. He demolished buildings. Whatever it is, because he has done it himself, he's a mazik, and when he gives back this field, he has to give it back in the same condition that it was when he stole it. So he's going to have to pay for all of the damage that he caused. There is a din of meitzikim. There are, there are many, unfortunately, down through history and many parts of the world still today, there are, the, the, there are the, the, the strongest man, but might is right. So down history, we did have Matsovim of Mitzikin. We could have like mafias, you know, private armies of, the, of, the, of a certain king or whatever it is, law lords around the place that uh, just snatch people's property and uh, ban people from their own assets. So <clears throat> what happens if someone stole a field, a house, and the law lords came, the, the private militias, and just snatched it from him? Uh, if this was taken from him, if, if everybody locally, they, they just took every fifth house in the street, or they took the whole street, or whatever it is, so it's a makas medina, it's a... a um, it's, a, a, it's, some, it's a, 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 a bad decree that's fallen on, everywhere, on everybody. It's nothing to do with the thief. The thief could turn round to the person he stole it from and say, You can take back your house or your field. Uh, however, if this field was taken because of the Ganath, 
Maybe the Ganov owed these, these, this private militia some money. Maybe he also has a private militia of some kind, and, and they're, they're, there's, there's, uh, they're warring between them. If it is because of the Gazlan, then he has to buy a new field to return it. But if it is nothing to do with the Gazlan, it's just something that's befallen the whole country, the whole area, then he does not. He can say, What happens if the mighty Tsar or the, the Tsar of Russia, or the Third Reich, or, or the, the Persian establishment, just decide to, to uh, ju- just um, knock on the Guzlan's door and tell him, can you please show us all of your assets? And the poor fella has to take them from property to property and show. And what he did was, together with his other 27 properties, he also showed them this stolen one. Now, the din of a Moisa is, if a Moisa was Moisa Mom in Israel, he has to pay. He has to pay midin de garmi, midin Moisa. However, if a pistol was held at his head, and because of that he showed another Yitz Nechosim, he does not have to pay. This Ganef, who stole a field, even or a house, even though the, the, um, these kinds of assets, karkois, unmovable assets, are not Nignovim, and it's, wherever it is, it still belongs to its owner, but if the king, the king's people, whoever it was, the law lord's people, held a pistol at his head and forced them to show all the assets, and he showed this one along with the others, he will have to um, repay the Nignav, a field similar to, what, to this, or pay the cost. Um, a king who, who is a, a law, a king who does keep the law, and he turns up and says, I'm sorry, but according to the law of the land, you, the, this field has to be resold, ha, has to be taken away from this particular owner for whatever reason, legal reason, and uh, given to a new, uh, a different person, or even better, says that we have to sell it off. Uh, along came a yid to the auction or whatever it was, and he bought it, so... If it's really legal and it's got all, it falls into all the criteria of the halacha of dina the machusadina, then we will not take it out. We will not be able to take it away from this, the, the yid who's bought it from the king to return it to the first yid. Uh, as we've said, karka is ain and exelis. You cannot steal unmovable property. And even if it's been sold many times, and even if it was sold after Yush, after someone's giving up hope of ever getting it back, it will go back to its first original owner for free. He will not have to pay for it. However, there were Matsovim where Chazal made a particular Takona, Matsovim of Metzikim, where the original owner will have to either lose his field or pay what was paid to the guy. Um, okay, we're talking about the, the, you have this Anosim, you have these free-for-all law lords who are running around taking people's fields away from them, and they took someone's field away from him. This Meitzik is threatening a Jew with death. Uh, either you give me your field or I'll kill you. So the poor fellow gives them his field. Now, if he wants, he can redeem the field. The fields generally can be redeemed for maybe two-thirds or three-quarters of their price. Uh, he, will, he, he doesn't have enough money to redeem his field. But there's another Yid who does. 
So the other Yid comes along and redeems the field. As we said, maybe two-thirds or three-quarters of the price. Or if 12 months have gone by and the field is still in the hands of the, the Mafia, the law lord, and they haven't, uh, nobody's come to redeem it yet, and another Yid comes along and redeems it. The Loikeach is Zeicha. The Loikeach can hold on to the, the field, just he has to pay the owner of the land. He either has to give him a quarter of the field, or he has to pay a third of the price that he paid to the original owner, because it was estimated at the time of the Takona that that was the kind of discount the Yid got when he bought it from the Mafia, or from this law lord that we're talking about. Okay, how does it work nowadays if a Yid will take a loan from a guy and he will give his house uh, or his field as a security? And he tells the guy, I want to borrow $100,000 from you. My house will be the security, my house or my field. And if I haven't paid you back by the 7th of September, you can take the house. And the guy, he didn't pay him back by the 7th of September, and the guy took the house and sold him. He took the house from, the, from Ruvain, and he sold it to Shimon. So if he sold it, for the right price, if it was really worth exactly 100000 and that's what he sold it for, then it's okay. The mecher is kayim. Shimon can go on using living in that house um, because he sold it. It's, it's, it, was, it was the correct thing to do. He didn't pay back the loan on time, and, and that's the correct value. So Shimon now owns the house. However, if the guy sold this house, it was really worth 110 or even 101 and the guy sold this house for a hundred, even if he made the minutest mistake, the minutest um, dis, um, 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 reduction in price, then the whole sale is void, um, because he, he originally, when the Yid gave his house as a security, he didn't mean it to be just a free security just like that. He meant that it should be sold for its correct value, if need be, in order to pay this debt. Uh, that is all in the time of the post game. Things work slightly differently nowadays. Nowadays, uh, somebody takes out a mortgage from a bank or a building society, some lending finance company, and he signs a contract with them. And on the contract, he signs that his his assets, or this house, this, this uh, whatever it is, is going to be a a security. And if he does not pay, pay up on time the way he's supposed to, according to whichever criteria are, are there in the contract, they will be able to seize this house according to the ways, the rules and regulations that they usually use. And they've written, usually written up this contract very well in their own favor. And they will sell it for as much as they can. And the person, before he takes this, this loan, he signs. He signs the dotted line of this contract. So he's done a Kenyan, a real Kenyan. It's it's all, all very very. Uh, it's all legal and it's all apitayra that they can actually, bedina demachasadina and bedina taira lahabdil. They can actually take the house and sell it for as much as they there's, there's as much as they want. There's there's no din gezel over here. Um, that's when it's all legal and when it's all apitayra. What happens if a year just owes a guy some money? 
Maybe he borrowed money from him, didn't pay him back. Maybe he damaged him what, for whatever reason. And the guy comes along and just seizes the Yid's assets. Shalaikadin, not according to the entire. And he went and sold these assets to a different Yid. So he didn't really have right to seize these assets. But it depends. If the Yid really owed him money, if the first Yid really owed him the money, so the Rambam says that the second Yid, although the guy didn't really have rights legally to seize the assets and sell them in this way, the second Yid may retain the, the, the assets, does not have to give them up. Because if, if the first Yid agrees that he owes him money, it's, that's the way it is, Bidiyeved. However, the Tor, the Rosh, are Chaylake and hold that he will have to give up these assets. When this kind of Machalekas arises, so a person has to ask a Rob what to do. Sometimes there's what's called a Kimli. Each person can say, I'm, I, I believe in the Rambam's Shitta, so I'm going to hold on to my money. Sometimes a Sephardi will say, I'll go with the Rambam. The Shulchan Aruch Paskins like the Rambam. Um, sometimes an Ashkenazi will say, well, I could go like the Tor who brings the Rosh. So, uh, and the smart and the shach. So, we'll, we'll, if, if, if such a situation arouses, you'll have to ask a shayla what to do. And usually it winds up in basting, but uh, the people who, don't, who, who, who can manage without basting, they would have to ask a shayla together what to do in this kind of thing. If the first year denies having owed the, the guy any money at all, then according to all the opinions, the second year has to give it back. Dina de Malchusa. If a Jew, let's say, didn't pay his tax, or for whatever reason, according to the local law, the, the government law in this particular place, uh, he, his assets were seized and were sold to other people. The people who bought the assets can retain them. Do, do, it's impossible to ask them to give them back. Uh, what does happen sometimes is that somebody gets caught with merchandise that he hasn't paid the relevant taxes on, or for whatever reason, maybe he was selling them in a public place, in a public highway, and it's a, what happens is the, the merchandise is, 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 uh, is banned, and uh, it, the, the government just takes it, snatches all of it. You're trying to go through duty-free with too much alcohol or cigarettes, and it just gets seized. And once it's been seized, the government then, you know, if you, if you don't want to come to court and get all the fines and whatever, so very often what happens is they just sell it off, they auction it off, this kind of stuff. So the Achreinim, people like the Beis Ephraim and the Divrei the, Chaim, the Achreinim talk about what to do. Uh, it would seem that some of the, they're, they're quite diversified in their opinions. Some of them say that, oh well, it's Dina the Machusadina and it's lost and that's it. Others say, even though it's Dina the Machusadina, the Minig always was that one year tries to buy this stuff back to give it back to the other year for the price he paid, uh, to give it back to the person it was seized from. Some say that uh, the person it's seized from really wants this merchandise because he can get it at the auction for cheaper than he pays his suppliers. Maybe there's other reasons why he wants to get it back himself, wrote to Odom Bekav Sheloi. Therefore, he has a dinner of Oni Mahapach Becharora. It's not, not allowed for another year to complete with him, to try and get it back for him. Okay, uh, having, having said all of that, probably the person who buys it after the having bought it will not have to give it back or even sell it back for what he paid if he wants to hold on to it. Midas Hasidus might be a good idea. Again, it's the kind of thing that you would probably ask your local competent rabbi.
Um, what happens if you stole a field and you improved it? So if I steal a field, there's a din of a yerud the sada chaveray or nata'ay. You have a orchard without any trees in it, and I turned up one day without any telling you about this beforehand and just planted a lot of fruit trees there. I might be able to demand the payment. I knew that you wanted an air conditioner in your house. I knew that you had ordered a painter to come and paint your house. So what I did is I ran there first and installed the air conditioner and painted the house. Well, you're going to have to pay me. You're going to have because it's a sealintaya. You're going to have to pay me the full value of what people pay for air conditioners, of what people pay for painting the house. Tomorrow your painter turns up and uh, he'll have to fight it out with me whether or not uh, I have to give him anything for stealing his job. But at the end of the day, you have to pay me regular price. Now, what happens if someone stole a field and he improved it? He built the relevant walls and made, uh, dag- you know, whatever, brought water supplies, planted trees, stole a house and, and uh, built it up very nicely. And the Nigzal comes and wants his house back. So he can take his house back. So the Gazalim says, but you have to pay me for all what I installed. So over here, it would be a bit like if I planted a tree in the middle of your 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 um, your, your car park. Nobody needs a tree over there. So I, I might not have to pay. I might be able to tell you, well, will you please try and take your tree away because I don't want it over here. Then I will not have to pay you. Over here, even if this this is the kind of thing that the the Nigzol really benefits from, and it's a kind of thing that uh, is, is really improved, increase the value, improve the property. Well, he will get either the shvach or the hoitzaa the yodoi al hatach toina. Meaning, if his expenses were a thousand dollars and the improved value of the property is only five hundred dollars, he will only get five hundred. He will not get his full expenses. If the expenses were the thousand dollars and he's improved the property five thousand dollars, he will only get one thousand dollars. His expenses, no more. Okay, thank you very much. These were the dinim of Gazelas Karaka. The Daf Yomi Halacha series has been brought to you by the Base Havad Halacha Center. To reach the center for halacha consultation, service, educational seminars, or media, please call. 1-888-485-VAAD That's 1-888-485-8223 To sign up to the BHHJ, the Beis Havad's weekly interactive e-journal, please visit www.bhhj.org or you can email us at office at the halachacenter.org.